A visit to one of Japan's many food markets is the best place to shop for ingredients and the best place to begin any study in Japanese gastronomy. Here at the Nishiki Market in Kyoto, we embark upon a walking tour with distinguished local chef Yoshihiro Murata of the three-star restaurant Kiku no I, Unilever executive chef Steve Jiliba, and Elizabeth Ando. Chef Murata, a frequent shopper at this market, knows precisely where to find the best that the market has to offer. It's the peak of spring here in Kyoto, and some of the season's most prized specialty produce has just arrived in the market. Stopping at a vegetable purveyor's stall, Chef Murata shows Steve and Elizabeth some of his favorite springtime ingredients. Some of these vegetables are so seasonal that they're only available for a few weeks each year. The spring vegetables, their category is sansai, mountain vegetables, um, and various different flavors and kinds, and he's going to point out a few of them to you. Taranome is one of them, sort of asparagus-like, just a little bit like asparagus in flavor. And it's the very end of a shrub, and it's broken off. Koshiabura. Uh, it's another that's used in tempura in particular, dipped in a batter and fried. And this, this is the leaf from the wasabi root. And the flowers from the wasabi as well that can also get used. Kogomi is fiddlehead ferns and they are available in North America. Yes, so that's the one that's in common. And this is, and it's like a ramp as you pointed out, similar to ramps. And that's an unusual sort of, all of these have a sort of bitter, a little bitter flavor to them. And this is fukinoto, which opens up into a flower if you make it into tempura, but it also can get chopped up and cooked with miso to make a wonderful condiment that you use as a dip for vegetables. Urui is another one of these mountain vegetables. It has sort of an elusive flavor. They all are very difficult to describe. <laughs> no bidu, but it also is sort of in the ramp and onion family. So still on the bitter side or that? I, yeah. And, or and more like much. that, yeah. And this is what makes that wonderful fragrant almost lemon pepper that you were having on the soba? Yeah, this is that only citrusy, two, the very citrusy. Yeah. Only two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. It's the two only weeks. time when you can really, really can get it. No. Um, so, I mean, the wasabi flowers. Yes. Mm. And the leaves. Right. How are, the, how are they used? So it is... Oshitashi. Uh, oshitashi is the most common, barely blanched, and then allowed to steep in dashi, in the flavors of dashi. And sometimes it then gets sauced with yeah. other things, or you can sprinkle sesame seeds on top or katsuobushi on top of them. But hitasu is a method of just barely blanching and allowing it to cool, to steep in dashi. Do you try it in their broth? Yeah, yeah. He's gonna let you try the, the flavor. So does it still carry the wasabi? Well, you're about to find out. He's okay. going to wait to see what you, <laughs> what your reaction is going to be. It's not Lily of the Valley. Um, we'll focus on, on, your, on your face. No, it's not nearly as hot. 
Chef Murata stops at a fish vendor's stall. Being far removed from the ocean, Kyoto's fish cookery adapted to make use of the freshwater fish from inland waters such as Biwa Lake and Kamo River. Chef Murata points out some of the local catch. One of the unusual things about Kyoto is there's a great deal of river fish and foods that are taken from um, rivers and streams uh, rather than, for example, the ocean. And this is one place where many of those things are um, available. Also, the kinds of so Kyoto is uh, sort of removed from the ocean, and yet it still has yes. waterways. Um, and those waterways produce a lot of wonderful um, food. And I see baby cra little crabs and... Yes, yeah. um, still moving. Right. <laughs> so... They're going to bite me, okay? Uh, yeah. Whoops, uh, lively. Very lively. Um, mm -hmm. At a Yuba shop, we are introduced to the soy milk skin that served both fresh and dried in numerous Japanese dishes. As with tofu, Yuba was popularized as a meat substitute in shojin cuisine, the vegetarian cuisine of Buddhist monks. In today's refined kaiseki restaurants, Yuba is likely to appear in at least one of the many dishes. This is Yuba. And in the process of heating up soy milk, much like any other kind of milk, a sort of a, a film or a skin forms, and it gets lifted up, and it's creamy and delicious and rich and wonderful. Um, that same uh, soy milk could be turned into tofu, but in order to do that, you have to do other things to it. Usually, um, in Kyoto, commercially, those who produce yuba have a different uh, kind of bean that they use that produces a better, a richer kind of milk that has better tensile strength. Steve and Elizabeth stopped to examine a copious display of sukumono, or pickles, an essential ingredient in Japanese cuisine. Appearing at nearly every meal, these small tastes provide color, contrasting flavors, and refreshment for the palate. There are literally thousands of varieties of tsukumono. Most commonly, they're made from vegetables and fruits. Some of the more popular pickled items include daikon radish, napa cabbage, and Japanese cucumber. Combinations of preservatives and vegetables differ widely from region to region, providing an endless variety. Tsukumono occupies such an esteemed place in Japanese culture that they are often given as gifts. As we leave Chef Murata and Kyoto, it's time to travel north to the futuristic metropolis of Tokyo. Here we visit the massive Skiji Market, a market like no other on Earth. 
The Skiji Tokyo Central Wholesale Market is commonly referred to as the Kitchen of Tokyo and is largely responsible for feeding the city's 13 million diners. Throughout the complex's enormous labyrinth of vendors, you can shop for vegetables, meat, and other foodstuffs. But the main attraction here is seafood. Over 450 different kinds of edible marine life weighing in at over 4,000 tons are received at this market each day. Skiji began as a riverside fish market around the 16th century in the beginning of Japan's Edo period. In order to help feed the city's growing population, Osaka fishermen were imported by the shogunate, Japan's ruling class, to establish fishing in the area. Today, the Skiji market is a modern marvel of logistics and shipping, with freshly caught seafood arriving each day by plane and ship from waters all around the globe. The high point of the day within this slippery den of activity starts at 3 a.m. every morning when preparations for the market's world-famous tuna auction begin. Wholesalers lay out giant specimens of bluefin tuna, both fresh and frozen, their bodies freshly eviscerated and numbered in red ink. Middlemen, armed with flashlights and gaffs, extract plugs of flesh which they carefully examine for freshness, quality and fat content. The fatter the tuna, the higher its value. At 5.30 a.m., the auctioneer rings a handbell and the frenetic bidding begins. CIA alum, Chef Hisachi Furuichi and Steve take in the scene as the auctioneer shouts out each tuna's number and the opening bid. So the market goes every day of the week? Every day. Sundays every No, no, no. Sunday and the Wednesday it's closed. So there's two days it's two closed, days. or five days a week. At, yeah. And then this is, who's buying all the fish now? Uh, they have a license here and they are middlemen. They buy tuna here and bring to the, their store. And then they, they butcher it, they cut it up and yes. they sell it in, in smaller portions. Yes, right, right. So they're trying to figure out, they have their orders already for the day or uh, mostly or? Some of their store has already uh, ordered. Bidders indicate their offers through hand gestures called teyari. Final prices are settled upon within seconds. By 9 a.m., an entire warehouse of tuna has been sold, and the tuna are quickly scuttled off to the buyer's market stalls, where they're carved up and resold. Some of the most prized bluefin tuna can sell for upwards of $50,000. In 2001, a bluefin weighing over 400 pounds sold for a record price of $173,000. Some environmentalists argue that these escalating prices are further evidence of depletion of the bluefin tuna stocks worldwide. Scientists and conservationists have long warned that bluefin stocks in the Mediterranean Sea and Eastern Atlantic Ocean are facing imminent collapse after years of mismanagement by the international fishing community. In an effort to answer these criticisms and to ensure the survival of the species, Japan has begun farm-raising bluefin tuna with some early commercial success. At one of the market's many tuna vendors, a whole tuna is carefully sliced and quartered into loins by men wielding knives as long as samurai swords. The tuna loins, then further cross-sliced into prime steaks, are ready for sale. Bluefin tuna is highly prized for its fatty belly meat, known as otoro. The color of the tuna's meat provides clues to quality. Lighter shades of red indicate a higher concentration of belly fat and identify these sections as the most tender cuts. 
It may only be 9 a.m. at the Skiji market, but it's never too early for sashimi.